0: I was two years old and I was riding my hot rod tricycle down the sidewalk and I lost control of it. Then I went off the curb and parked there was an Indian motorcycle, which is equal to a Harley Davidson. And I hit the kickstand and the kick the bike came down on top of me and it broke my left collarbone in two places. Well, back in 1942, they sort of just taken strap your arm across your chest and wait for it to heal. Well, when they took the bindings off, I had total atrophy in my left arm. It wasn't working at all. So they had an exercise program of my parents, you know, moving my arm in front of my chest and back and forth. And then they moved to, you know, putting it up and over my head like it's a throwing action. Now, at that age, I was fascinated with picking up little trucks or cars and throwing them with my right arm. And when they saw me throwing things, they would you know, go, wait a minute, we gotta strengthen this left arm. So the next move, we put my folks in jail now, they tied my right arm behind my back and made me use my left hand. Well, I still wanted to throw those little cars and trucks, so I threw them left-handed. And when I built up good strength in my arm, they untied my arm in the back and let me use whatever hand I wanted to but I continued to eat, right, or whatever I did, right-handed. But when it comes to a throwing action, I only threw left-handed. And that's how I became left-handed pitcher.
1: And you were one of the most successful uh, left-handed pitchers uh, of all time, one of the most successful pitchers, period, uh, of all time. And your career as a Tiger almost ended uh, before it really began uh, when you briefly quit baseball uh, at age 21. Uh, what led you to that decision, and what brought you back?
0: I was playing down in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I had a bad outing and things didn't go real good for me at all. And when the game was over, the manager of the team called a clubhouse meeting and called me up to stand alongside him. And in my opinion, he ridiculed me far and above what he should have done. And I said, OK, and then they sent me off to Durham to play. Well, the next year, I was pitching AAA for Denver, and I was having a few problems at the beginning of the season, and the general manager in charge of the minors decided to send me to go to Knoxville. And I says, I I refuse to go to Knoxville. I will not play for that manager again. And he says, I'm in charge, and you'll go where you're going. So I got an airplane ticket for Knoxville. I went to the airport cashed in for a ticket to Portland, Oregon, where I lived. And when I got there, I called who happened to be Jim Campbell at the time that I refused to report to Knoxville. And I, well, I am retiring from baseball.
1: And that's what happened. And you came back.
0: Yeah, I got involved in pitching in an amateur game uh, for a local team, that my neighborhood team. And uh, I pitched relief one night for him, and I uh, pitched uh, five innings for him, and I uh, struck out 16 guys in five innings. Catcher missed one. I had to get the next guy. (laughs) And the headlines hit the paper. It went back east to Jim Campbell, and he says, okay, you ready to go to Knoxville? And I said, I told you, I'm not going. And he says, well, I made a deal, being the headlines of what I see. And the Portland team, which happened to be Kansas City Athletics at the time, said that they would like to buy you, and I refuse to sell you, but I will loan you out to Portland, your hometown team, and you can pitch there if you'll agree to that. And I says, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll play there. I'm happy playing there. And that year I ran into a pitching coach for the Portland team by the name of Jerry Staley guy that happened to pitch once for Detroit, and he taught me how to throw the sinking fastball. I never had a sinker. I was just a hard thrower, and it changed my whole life. The next year, I went to spring training with the Detroit Tigers, the big club. I pitched 18 scoreless innings in spring training, but I didn't make the club. Jim Campbell had to show me he was still boss, Hmm. and he sent me to uh, Syracuse, where I was there for about a month, and Frank Larry got hurt on opening day, and they sent him to Knoxville. felt sorry for the guy, but uh, they told me I was coming up for uh, 30 days to fill in for Frank Larry, then I'd go back to the minors. Well, that didn't quite work out. Sixteen years later, I officially retired from baseball.
1: As you researched the book, uh, worked on the book with uh, Tom Gage, you had a chance to watch replays of the 68 World Series on YouTube. Uh, what do you notice now when you watch those games that you pitched uh, that maybe you didn't notice or didn't remember before?
0: I First off, was the first time I saw the replay of the World Series. I'd never seen it. We watched all seven games. And the thing I noticed, I mean, sort of referring to me, is that I was taught the first three pitches you throw, two of them have to be strikes. You go right after the hitters. Today, they nibble at corners way too much. And another thing I noticed was that uh, I used to finish games, and today they don't. They're geared to good six innings, and that's it. So baseball has changed a lot.
1: Do you watch baseball now?
0: Yeah, I watch it. I uh, I follow the Tigers, you know, it's uh see what's going on watch him win or lose and uh You know, this year it's been a little bit of a losing season, but, you know, don't worry, they're rebuilding. We'll see how long that takes.
1: Those who remember the 68 World Series often talk about how badly the city needed something to feel good about after the riots the year before uh, and how the Tigers gave them that uh, in 68. Many of the problems that existed 50 years ago are still here today. Uh, Detroit has not yet fully healed, but you had no way of knowing that back in 1968, what 2018 would be like, uh, do you still feel uh, as if you and your teammates did something good for Detroit?
0: Yeah, we all believe we did something good. You know, it. Uh, I remember there were some police officers that uh, worked at Tiger Stadium and stuff. We were down there and one of them told me that he says in 1967, he says you would see three fellas standing on a street corner and they were actually looking for trouble. You know, they wanted to do something that wasn't good. How they knew, I don't know, but police officers can sense that stuff. And they says in 1968, you see the same three guys standing on a street corner, but they had a transistor radio up to their ear, and they were listening to the Tiger Beats. And they would say, we think you guys prevented anything from happening again during the summer of 68. Now, that's what I was told, and I'm glad I can believe them.